Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Flourishing with PTSD, a podcast designed to talk about mental health, specifically in the context around post-traumatic stress disorder, also known as PTSD, in the context of sexual assault and some other things that go along with that. So just be prepared that walking into this podcast, you may hear some really triggering topics and to just really check in with yourself and see how you're doing before moving forward with um, this kind of podcast. So hopefully you've been with me for some of the past episodes. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Welcome to the Flourishing with PTSD community. I'm so happy that you're here. And again, just check in with yourself, see how you're doing before keeping up with the podcast. And I'm just going to jump right into it today. So I've been thinking a lot about something and I mean, I've talked about it a little bit in other episodes. It's kind of part of the journey of PTSD. And if you haven't heard my story, it's on another episode. But to kind of help um, put it in context for today's episode, um, when I was 15, I was, um, I basically, um, how do I want to say it? I was stalked and uh by a classmate and he attempted to sexually assault me later and um there was a lot of stuff in between that kind of made it a pretty ugly experience and I ended up being diagnosed with PTSD two years later when I was 17 a senior in high school and I just felt really really lost and part of that is what I'm actually going to go into today on a more specific level um and the thing is is that I went through a really traumatic experience and after that traumatic experience happened I actually couldn't remember what happened I had no memory of the experience and whether I was you know repressing those whether I just wasn't choosing to access those memories or whether you know it was a matter of dissociating you know there's a lot of theories um, in the psychology community about that kind of mechanism that we have and so I'm not going to put any specific labels on it, but I'm just going to talk through my experience today and just um, how I kind of emerged from that fog of not really knowing what happened to actually identifying that experience. And um, I will say that today's episode was actually inspired by a friend of mine who um, is kind of going through this or at least went through this a little while ago. I don't know too many details about it, but um, they reached out to me a little while ago and I have not been able to stop thinking about it since because I don't think I've been able to talk to another survivor of a trauma um, about what it was like to go through the actual like forgetting and then recall of traumatic memories. And so today I want to talk through that because I don't think that a lot of people talk about that. So that's what today's episode is going to cover from my personal experience. So here we go. So when I was 15, um, I was being stalked by my classmate um, and he just wouldn't take no for an answer. And it eventually escalated to a night where I was um, in a room with him. Uh, Lights went out and, you know dot, 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 right? So I go on with my life. I was a sophomore in high school at the time. I didn't really remember anything that happened. I just knew in my gut that I didn't like the guy, right? And I just would try and avoid him when I saw him. I just didn't feel good about 
Like, I just, I didn't get a good vibe from him. And, um, you know, that was pretty much it. I just didn't think too much about it until one day um, towards the end of the year. And this was, gosh, this was months after, like, he had been uh, harassing me and stalking me and hurting me. And after, you know, the night in that room. And all of a sudden, like, I had this big breakdown in my... um second period class. It was the class after I'd had with him and I went to, and there was something that happened between us um, in that first class, but I don't want to go into detail about that too much right now, but let's just say that it was something that I already knew about him and I, in terms of like how he would behave toward me, I should say, and by the time I got to my second period class, I just broke down into tears and I couldn't control myself and of course I was embarrassed because you know when you cry in a high school classroom everyone's looking at you wondering oh what's wrong what's wrong you know and of course high schoolers aren't going to really understand the full scope of of my situation right but I was just inconsolable and one of my friends in that class told me that I needed to go to the office and our teacher gave us permission to go to the office because I just couldn't calm down and she took me to the office and they asked me to you know tell an adult what was wrong and I didn't know exactly what to say first of all I was embarrassed about what had happened um just that morning and I didn't want to talk about it I didn't really feel like an adult would understand what I was going through or I felt like I would be told hey you know like get over it that's not a big deal but for me as a 15 year old girl that it was a very tough experience for me and I just didn't feel like I could trust any adults also some context my mom worked at the high school that I went to um, at the time that this was going on and I felt it was part of my responsibility to hold up a good reputation for her as well because um, you know it wouldn't look good for her I felt in my mind it wouldn't look good for her if her kid was being a troublemaker and had to you know talk to admin and the principal and how that would look and I felt a personal responsibility to make sure that I was holding up a good reputation so when I was sitting in the principal's office and was being asked by the principals what was going on with me I just kind of didn't know what to say and so they asked me to write it down instead and I knew that that was an opportunity to help myself from what I wasn't exactly sure. I mean, obviously, I knew that, you know, in my head, I was labeling it as bullying. I was being bullied by a classmate. That's how I understood it at the time. So I kind of wrote down on this little concern form that they handed me, I wrote down some of the minor things that I felt I was able to explain and not be completely embarrassed about, but just enough for them to take me seriously. And I don't remember exactly what I wrote down, but I remember putting down enough for adults to think that they needed to look at the situation. And um, and then I went back to class. They sent me back to class. And I remember about fifth period that same day, I was called back down to the office and um one of my teachers said like in front of the whole class, hey, you're like, he's not going to get away with this. You know, like we're going to take care of you and all these things. And this was in front of other students and I was really embarrassed. Again, I didn't understand the full scope of my own situation and I was very confused on how this teacher knew what was going on. And again, everyone was looking at me and I don't 
like that much attention, like especially in that scope. And so I was really embarrassed and it was not helping the situation. But anyways, so I went down to the office and talked with an adult and what ended up happening was I got what's known as a no contact order on school campus. And um, basically that means that he wasn't like if he saw me coming, he'd have to cross to the other side of the hallway and all that stuff. Fast forward to the beginning of the next school year. He showed up to one of my cross-country practices and he just sat there and watched me run. He stood by the fence there and watched me run with my teammates and I broke down. I wasn't sure why at that point. I really just didn't like him and I was unsafe around him. That's how I felt, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't put my finger on exactly what was so triggering. I just couldn't figure it out and... Um, and then they put our lockers right next to each other for that school year. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, my mind was blown and the rest was history anyways. So fast forward again to senior year, two years after all of the stuff had gone down, he had transferred to another school or something. I don't know. So he was out of the picture by that point. And I started dating my boyfriend at the time, Jacob. He talks with me on another another episode. Um, you should really go check out that episode if you're curious about um, a relationship with someone who has been through a sexual assault. Um, and from both perspectives of both mine and his, I think it was a really great episode. So you should definitely go check that out. Um, we're not dating anymore, but we're still friends. And I just, I think it was really good to have that conversation. But anyways, besides the point. Um... So we started dating and I started to like experience these flashbacks. I wasn't sure what was happening and I thought that I was just thinking of nightmares or experiencing or like reliving some kind of like weird nightmare that my brain had just come up with. I just, I wasn't sure where these memories were coming from. I was really confused. Um, So I was walking around trying to, you know, like date this guy that I really, really liked. And at the same time, I thought I was going crazy. I was like, where are these memories coming from? And it started out, I think the first thing was just like being physically close to him, just in the sense of like, you know, sitting next to him. And then I would just like wonder, would he ever hurt me? Or, you know, like, would like would it ever come up if he got mad would he ever slap me or like punch me or you know all these things and I started having those kinds of thoughts and as I continued down that path I think that's when I started to experience the flashbacks and like starting to kind of remember a little bit about what happened um and the thing is is that I was experiencing all of these sensations but I wasn't actually like able to see what I was reliving I don't know it was really complicated to explain and it was complicated back then it's complicated now but um so yeah I just I kind of felt crazy I felt insane and when I went to go visit my friend at her college that year um just to catch up and hang out for a little bit um after a college tour because I was touring that college um we were sitting in uh, this friend's dorm room and as we were talking about the boy I liked and um kind of like I was starting to talk about what I was experiencing and then all of a sudden as I kept talking I kind of just explained as much as I could remember about 
you know, the attempted sexual assault and um, just some of the things that I went through. And I couldn't believe what I was saying. And I was like, is this even true? Is this possible? How, like, I would remember that. You would, like, I would remember getting slapped across the face. I would remember being locked in a room with a, with a guy in it and him closing out the lights and approaching me and being pinned against a wall. Like, I would remember that. So what's happening in my brain right now? And um, so imagine someone who has no knowledge of their own past, no ability to articulate that kind of concept, and someone who has never heard of the very normal response of blocking out memory of a traumatic event. I had no experience with any of that. No one had told me that that was a thing. No one told me about consent. No one told me about the fight, fight, or flee, or freeze response. No one, I didn't know anything about that. No idea. So all of these unknowns and all of these unanswered questions are circling around in my head. And as I'm trying to explain what I'm going through to other people, of course I'm going to sound crazy. People are going to be like, uh, this girl's nuts. This girl is crazy. Or she's lying. Like, I'm sure that at some point that went through someone's head as I was trying to explain it because I would have doubts too. Like, without knowing as much as I know now, I would have some serious, serious doubts. So I just felt really confused and I thought I was going crazy. I know I sound like a broken record. Um, And then I just kind of I like I didn't want to give up on it because I knew that I wasn't crazy something in my gut told me that I wasn't crazy that what I was experiencing was real and that something did happen and I also want to point out here that as I was recovering these memories first of all it was not in a linear sequential order it was not in any kind of chronological order I was getting little vivid images from all across the timeline. So it wasn't something that just like, oh, I'm going to slowly remember the beginning from start to finish. Like, no, that's not how I experienced it. It could happen, I guess, but that's not how it happened for me. Um, And to this day, I still don't remember everything. Um, But over the years, it's been, what, I'm 21 now, so like five years, six years since... um, since it happened and I have slowly remembered a little bit more and I can kind of piece together the timeline that it happened but I still don't remember everything that happened so I just want to make that very clear right now and that if that has happened to you like I stand with you I can't fully explain the phenomenon of what that is I mean like there's some people that say that that's dissociation there's other people that say that's just straight up repression there's other people who just believe we just straight up don't access that memory because it's uncomfortable for us you know there's a lot of different theories as to why this happens but please know that if you're going through this you're not crazy you are not crazy this is a very common thing that um, survivors of childhood sexual abuse actually report this is not something that's just kind of rare and it just pops up every now and then like this is something that is commonly seen among um, survivors of childhood sexual uh, abuse so um, and I'm sure that other traumas can fit into that category so just please be aware of that and if you know someone 
who says that they are recovering memories, I mean, you don't have to believe them right off the bat, but don't say openly that you don't believe them because the truth is, is that you don't know. You don't know for sure if that person is telling the truth or lying. And chances are, if someone really is recovering memories, they are very confused. They probably think that they're crazy because no one talks about this and they're scared. Waking up one day and realizing that you went through a trauma, it's just as terrifying as going through the trauma the first time. So please, please, please be kind and patient with those people or with yourself if it's you that's going through that right now, okay? Um, there's nothing more off-centering or off-putting, off-putting than re- like going through that process of realizing that you've been like you've endured a trauma and now you have to kind of piece together what happened and you have to grieve what happened. Um, That's a process that I'm still kind of going through. It's definitely easier now, but in the beginning, I just, I had no way to articulate that to my boyfriend. I had no idea how to explain it to my friends. I cried a lot, a lot. And I laughed at myself a lot because I just thought I was insane and I was like, I'm losing my mind. So Those are all really common reactions. Please just understand that that's part of the process. Um, Yeah. So anyways, so I started getting these flashbacks and I started, um, you know, just piecing together what happened. Um, I ended up in therapy later that year and um, I was told that I was diagnosed with PTSD. And no one explained to me what that diagnosis meant. I thought that PTSD was for veterans or people who, and this is not me saying this now, this is me like thinking this when I was, you know, 17 getting diagnosed. I thought that people could only get PTSD from like real traumatic experiences like war. You only hear PTSD associated with veterans. So I felt guilty for having that diagnosis. I didn't like it. Um, I was very opposed to it, and um, when I came home and I was talking to my friends about it, I was like, this is what the counselor says, and I, like, I'm not sure if that's right, because, like, what I went through wasn't a real trauma, was it? You know, it was just something that happened, and um, as I continued to go through therapy, the more I kind of realized the gravity of the trauma that I went through and what it was going to take to start to heal. Um, And again, I kind of cover those in other episodes. Um, So if you want to hear more about that and you haven't gone through um, the episodes, I really encourage you to keep listening and keep um, exploring because I have heard from other survivors that, you know, what I'm saying is something that they've gone through. And, um, that's the whole goal of the show is just to reach out to people who have not been validated and that need to hear that someone else has gone through or is going through what they're going through. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so as I went through therapy, I started to realize that there were a lot of things that I would need to do to reclaim myself and figure out who I am um, and what I had been through and how I was going to move forward with that because being stuck in the weird confusing haze that was remembering these things was holding me back. It was 
making me shrink into myself and hide. It made me not want to go out. It made me not want to socialize. It made me depressed. It made me anxious. And I just felt like I was suffering and I knew that I deserved better and I knew that I had to fight for myself. Um, And so I stopped going to therapy when I left for college. I was out of therapy for about two and a half years. And then this last year I went back because my symptoms returned and got a lot worse very fast. And um, I knew that I needed help. I needed outside intervention. So I went back to therapy. And to this day, again, I'm still recovering memories. Um, and it's not like it's an everyday thing. Like it happens very rarely um, and it happens through context. Um, and that's the thing about PTSD that I don't think people fully understand when you don't have PTSD is that it's not just thinking about the trauma. That's not what PTSD is. PTSD is, first of all, it's a flashback. It's so, okay, sorry. PTSD is a memory phenomenon, right? It's something that's going on in the brain. And, um, Basically, when you go through a trauma and you have PTSD, when you're triggered and you go through these flashbacks, these flashbacks are not just something that you can like force yourself to think about. Flashbacks are triggered by the context that you're in, by the social situation that you're in, or the physical situation that you're in. It's not something that you can just be like, oh, I'm just going to like think about this and, you know, go through the flashbacks. It's a different thing. It's not so it feels like you can't escape from it. It feels like you're living that trauma again and that's why it's so terribly traumatic. So, just making sure that there's that distinction there. Um and yeah, so again, the reason that I really wanted to talk about this today is because a friend of mine had an experience that they recalled and that's really troubling for them. And um, I've just been thinking about it so much because I like they're going through this right now and I really want to know what they're thinking. But it's really important to not push someone to talk about something that they're not comfortable talking about. And that was made very clear to me is that they weren't comfortable um, with wanting to share it. And I know from experience that being pushed never helps. So I had to back off. But I'm hoping that this episode helps that friend Um, and just to fully understand that it's really scary to realize that a part of your past is so negative and so scary and so frightening and um, it feels like your center of gravity has totally shifted and it you question whether or not it's real. And it's so hard to distinguish in the beginning whether it's a dream, sorry, a nightmare, or a memory. And then once you realize that it's a memory, it feels like a gut punch. And for me, like, I fixated on it for so long. I was just thinking, like, this is all I can think about. I can't not think about it. I'm always thinking about what happened to me. And... And then like when I get triggered into these flashbacks, it's just the scariest thing ever. And I don't know, there's just no easy way to put it. But 
this does happen. I can't explain it. I'm not a doctor and I don't know how to, you know, put it into medical terms or jargon. But what I can tell you is that my experience was real. And there are so many other people out there who have had that same real experience of recalling memories that were absolutely terrifying. And if you're really curious about um, whether or not this is real, like you're listening to a girl on a podcast that you don't know, like what, what do I know, right? If you are curious about learning more about whether or not um, memories are real, uh, like recovered memories are real of a trauma, um, you can go and look it up. Um, if you're really curious, it's called, I think it's called Memory Wars. And it's basically the debate and psychology that says whether or not um, that phenomenon is real. And if it's repression, where we just are pushing those memories to the side, or if, and like, and that means that, you know, like those memories are there and we can access them, but we just choose not to think about it. Or are these memories um, totally gone and then they somehow come back? So feel free to go check that out. Um, again, it's called Memory Wars. And um, let me know what you think because it totally stumps me. And, you know, I always thought, oh yeah, like I dissociated and that's it. But really, like, I don't know if that's what happened, because there's so much about the brain that we don't know. Um, and I mean, that's exciting because the more we learn, hopefully the more that we can help. So um, I hope that this episode was helpful and that it helps articulate what you might be feeling or what someone you know might be feeling um, or help you understand just how confusing it really is when you're trying to recover memories that were really traumatic and really hard um, to relive and accept. Um, And the journey of healing is quite long and there's no point in sugarcoating that. I wish that I had more to say, but I don't. And I can tell you though that, like I was asked once if I could have just left it in some part of my brain that I just didn't know about. If I never recovered these memories, would I have been better off? And my answer personally is no. Because even before I remembered what was happening, I still had symptoms of post-traumatic stress. I didn't have flashbacks, but I had a heightened state of anxiety and I didn't know why. I like I had no labels for what I was going through. And that was scarier than being diagnosed with something because at least I would have a name to put with my symptoms and what I was experiencing and to be able to find people who were going through what I was going through. When you don't have a name and you don't know what you're experiencing, that's a hell of a lot scarier because again, you feel like you're losing your mind. So I did find some comfort in having that name for it. Um, And even if you don't develop PTSD, and you recover traumatic memories, that is still very, very scary. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because, you know, you grow up thinking that you were innocent, but then, you know, you feel like you had this traumatic memory and now, like, you frame the way you think about things differently 
whether it's just how you look at things in a retrospective, you know, way or how you look at things now. It does change you. And there's no denying that. And as I continue to develop my identity with PTSD, honestly, the smaller it gets. I'm more of myself than I was a year ago. A year ago, I felt like my full identity was PTSD and that was it. Like, hi, I'm Manda and I have PTSD. But now it's more like, hi, I'm Manda. I love music. I love being in the sun. I love hanging out with my friends. I love being by myself. I love painting. I love longboarding. Oh, and like, yeah, I have PTSD and that's rough, but we're hanging. We're making it. So I hope that this gave you some hope and some closure and some acceptance of your situation and just know that it does get better if you keep working on it and if you keep fighting for yourself. No one will fight harder for you than you, okay? So hang in there. Stay strong. You all are amazing. I love talking with you guys on Instagram. If you want to connect with me, please reach out at flourishing.with.ptsd. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. um, And I'm on Facebook, but I'm on Instagram the most. So if you really want to connect with me and you want a fast response, definitely go to Instagram. Again, that's flourishing.with.ptsd. Keep hanging in there, guys, and we will talk soon. Bye.